0: Good morning, friends. Welcome back, dearly beloved, those of you who know the Lord Jesus. Come, let's get into God's Word this morning. A great day to be in God's Word, a cold winter, snug and warm. I hope you are as well. And uh, as we look into God's Word, allow me to invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are God and no one else. Thank you for the Spirit of God that has been given to us to understand the mind of God to know what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're desiring. Thank you for the word of God in our hands that is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Thank you for the the Lord Jesus who is ahead of us and we can keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith as as we jump every hurdle, as we move in the direction of our Savior, as we choose to finish well like he finished. So Father God, this morning, would you speak deep into our hearts because your word is truth and the words that the Spirit gives are life and truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, a warm welcome back again and I hope that you've not only been enjoying this, I hope that you've not only been uh, imbibing and kind of uh, learning some of the ways of Christ, I hope that the scripture is becoming clear to you, but I also hope that you're sharing it with somebody from a link to your personal testimony or what you've learned. I hope that you're sharing it with somebody. What you can do for me is leave a comment. Leave a comment, say something that interacts with something I've said, something I've shared, perhaps even a prayer request. Leave a comment, leave a question say something down in the comment section so that i can uh, engage with you do that for me and that would make a huge difference not only to my heart and my and the encouragement to me but also to the others who hear about what god is doing in other people's lives please do that for me all right all right let's get into it we are beginning a brand new series today and i am excited about the i am statements of the lord jesus christ the i am statements comes out of a very deep place of who Jesus is. And I want to state that first as by way of introduction so that we can build our understanding, we can build our faith on the I am statements because we know where Christ was coming from when he said that. Let me review a passage of scripture that takes you back to to where this phrase is from, the I am phrase. Then the Jews said to him, you are not 50 years old and you have seen Abraham? Truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus declared, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple area. Now, that is a, 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 just a bit of a bigger passage where Jesus was talking to the Jews about the law. He was talking to the Jews about Abraham, and he cited how clearly that he was one with God. Moses, referring back to an Old Testament uh, passage, Moses said of his experience with God, Lord, I'm going to your people. Who should you say sent me? Uh, I've just met you in the highest office. When I go to your people, who should I say sent me? God says, you go tell them, I am that I am has sent you. I am that I am has sent you. This is extremely important to understand. What does God mean when he says, I am? So now it's not just a Jesus statement, Jesus in the flesh, but God Almighty himself has made that statement, which is why the the Jews were ready to stone Jesus because he was uh, he was stating equality with God, God the Father, God in heaven, almighty God. What does God mean when he says, I am? I am that I am. Well, it was a Hebrew word that means to be. It means I am eternally existing. I am Eternal, I am unchanging. The word, the name itself represented the fact that God was eternal. God was unchanging. Now, when Jesus makes that statement, he basically is equating himself with God. And number two, because he's equating himself with God, which means he is God. He is making statements that flow out of that deity, that godness, that eternal existence of who Christ was. When Jesus speaks, it's flowing out of that. When you believe a statement that Jesus makes, when you believe an I am statement, you're believing that the I am, the one who was and is and is forevermore, the one who is the same yesterday and today and forever, is making that promise to you. You understand the depth and the gravity of why I'm bringing this series to you? Can you imagine if you and I built our faith on the one who is the same yesterday, today and forever. If our lives, our plans, our hopes, our dreams are built on the one who is the same, who never changes. He is the I am that I am. Once we understand that, we place our faith in that person and that person's promise to us is kept sure then our lives are transformed, our lives are unchangeable, our lives are girded, guided, and guarded by his eternal existence. That means no one can take him out, no one can dethrone him, no one can oppose him. That's the God we worship. That's the God we trust. That's what I want to lay as a foundation for you and me. As we get into the passages, as we get into the I am statements, it's very easy to listen to an I am statement, argue about it, uh, compare it to other religions and get all philosophical about it. But this is not for everyone else. This is for you and me, brothers. It's for you and me, sisters. It's for us who love Jesus and and have an inside view into who he is. And he says, I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's like a father putting his arm around his son or his daughter and saying, don't worry, I'm the president. <laughs> I'm the king. I'm the director. I'm the, I, I'm the board. <laughs> I'm the one who will uh, approve you. It's like suddenly you realize who your daddy is, who your father is, and you're like, oh, cool. I I don't have to worry anymore. In fact, I can bank on this statement and I can move forward in faith. Today, we begin those I am statements of Christ. And I want us to approach this with a devotional attitude, a, a God change me attitude. Lord, I've been doing well, but I want to take it to another level. I want to get serious with you. I want this year, 2021, to be a year of uh, of insane intimacy with you. I want my prayer life. I want my, my, my service, my ministry to be empowered. I want to see the work of the Holy Spirit deep in my life. I want you to change me, strengthen me, empower me, affect my life in, in such a powerful way that everyone I meet and everyone who comes around me really sees God at work in my life. I want to be transformed. I want to... S- you and me, to approach these I am statements, approach this series with a devotional attitude, a change me God attitude. How can I work with the Holy Spirit so that he can make the changes? I want it. I want a new level. I don't want to be running on empty anymore. I don't want to just stay where I am anymore. I don't want to plateau. I want to keep on rising, keep on going in the direction of the Lord. So the first I am statement, jump in with me, is found in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And Jesus said in this statement, he says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. Now, John chapter 6 is a long, long passage and it has a lot of backstory to it so you really have to give me the opportunity to give you the backstory on this and it's important that we know the backstory because then the statement is not going to make a lot of sense right why does Jesus use the word bread for instance why does he say I'm the bread why does he say I'm the water you know why does he say I am the vine why does he say these things where does it come from where's that allegory coming from in what context is he using that uh, you need to ask those questions because that'll enlighten you. Now, let me give you a backstory. Jesus has just fed a large crowd, which means it was a miracle. He took a little bit of food, multiplied it to a lot of food. He fed all of them. They were not only impressed, they were also satisfied. And he has just left them. Now, as soon as he's done that, the disciples get into the boats and they're on the shore as usual because they always stood as the shore Jesus used the river or he used the sea of Galilee because there's always winds blowing from the sea onto the land during the day so as it was blowing from the sea onto the land during the day it would carry the voice so Jesus used it as an audio device it used it he used it as a as a a help and enhancer to get the voice out, just in case you didn't know that, that was a freebie. But Jesus would stand on the shore with with the sea behind him and he would speak to the crowd sitting at the sea. It wasn't just because it was pretty, it was also strategic. So Jesus had just spoken to the crowd, he had just taught them, he had fed them and now he heads out. It's evening. The crowd is kind of lingering because the crowd would stay there for days. I mean, they came from all over the place. People had traveled to hear this man speak and teach and and do miracles. So his disciples had gotten into the boat and they had taken off. It had gotten late. It had gotten dark. And suddenly they, the crowd noticed that Jesus had not gotten into one of these boats, but Jesus had disappeared. The disciples had gotten to the boats and they had gone over and the, uh, they were heading towards Capernaum, a little city there. And as they'd gone over the sea, the, 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 the sea in and they were nearing Capernaum, Jesus frightened the life out of them because he walked on water, went towards them. They screamed out. He said, don't worry, it's me. Don't worry. Don't get scared. It's me. They were, uh, they were happy. They let him into the boat and they had almost just arrived. Now, that's where Jesus was. He had crossed over with them. The crowds, not all of them, of course, many of them saw Jesus not get into the boat, wondered where he went. They got into some boats, came over to Capernaum and they're like, you're here. How did you get here? You never got into the boat and they were pretty confused about it. But he said, you know, why didn't you tell us where you're going? We've been following you. We want to come hear you. We want to... And then Jesus asked them a very important question and he turns that into a learning moment. He turns that into an education, teaching moment of a theological truth that we will today uh, understand. Jesus said to them, were you uh, interested in following me simply because I gave you food? Are you here because... I fed you, or are you here because you want me? You want more of me? Let me tell you, I fed you, but the real reason I want you to follow me is for me. I want you to believe me. I want you to put your faith and trust in me. That's an interesting position he put them in. And these guys got what he was saying because their response shows us They turned to Jesus and said, okay, okay, let's make a deal. If we need to believe you, you need to give us a sign. You see, we are followers of Moses and Moses gave us bread in the wilderness. Get it? Moses gave us bread in the wilderness, manna. This manna fell from heaven every day. It fell from heaven and God provided food for them in the wilderness. So they say, Moses gave us bread in the wilderness. That was his sign. You give us a sign. He had just fed them. He's just fed for thousands of them. And they're like, give us a sign. Teachable moment. Teachable moment. So Jesus responds, you want a sign? Firstly, let me tell you, it was in Moses. Moses didn't give you the bread. My father did. Ooh, big truth right there. Moses never gave you the bread, my father did. My father gives bread to his children. That time your stomachs were hungry, my father gave you bread. Now your spirit is hungry, your soul is hungry. My father has given me to you. I am the bread that that's come down from heaven. He says, if you eat that bread, manna, you'll be hungry again. But if you eat of me, you will never hunger again. I satisfy greater than bread. I am the living bread. I'm not just any bread. I am the living bread that's come down from heaven. Now, what do you do with bread? Why is bread cooked? Why is bread made? Bread is made to satisfy. Bread is not a side dish. It is the staple dish. It is a staple. You cannot do without the staple. It is life to the uh, uh, to the being. So if you eat this bread, that's manna, you will be hungry again. Your fathers, and he makes this incredible statement, your fathers ate that bread and died. Ouch. They're like, yeah, I guess, I guess they did. Grandpa died. You know, yeah, we we put him in the grave. So he says, that's, that's done and dusted, quite literally. But let me tell you about me. I am the bread that I'm the living bread that's come down from heaven. The father has sent me. So I am the sign. You said Moses gave me, gave us bread. So we believed Moses. Believe my father because he has given you me. I am the bread that comes down from heaven. And if you eat of me, you will never hunger again. If you eat of me, you will have life because I am the bread of life. I am God's provision, I am eternal fullness, I am complete satisfaction. That bread will fill your stomach, but this bread will fill your soul. That bread sustained life, but this bread gives life. Do you get that? This is huge. And do you see how Jesus makes that connection? You see what led up to Jesus making that statement, that claim that he is the bread, the bread of life? It didn't come out of nowhere. There was a clear connection and there was a connection to the Old Testament God that they knew and loved. The God that they believed in, the God that had brought them to this point had brought them to Jesus. Like some of you listening to me today, You may have grown up in a different religion or faith. You may have grown up making up your own ideas about life and the meaning of life. But you are now listening to the story, the message about Jesus. God in heaven gives bread. Bread is a staple food for life. And God has sent Jesus as the living bread to give you life. And Jesus says, if you eat of me, you will live. You will never hunger again. You will not need anything else other than me again. And I want to unpack that for you today. Now, that causes a little bit of confusion, at least for those who are thinking that you have to actually chew on bread. So when Jesus says, I am the bread, they're like, how are we supposed to chew on you? That's an interesting statement. So here comes the confusion And this is what Jesus meant. How can I eat of your flesh and drink of your blood? That's barbaric, that's cannibalistic. And some people have accused Christians of that. So it's a very serious matter because if you don't understand what's going on here, you will miss the boat. Jesus says, you need to eat of me, otherwise you cannot have life. But if you eat of me, You will have life and you will never be hungry again for life, for the meaning of life, for purpose in life, for satisfaction, for fullness in life. You need to drink of my blood, but if you don't, you will never have life. So what does Jesus mean? He was talking about participating in his life and death and resurrection. So his flesh was his incarnation to be among us, to give his life. So to eat of his flesh is to partake of his life, his suffering. To eat of his blood is to partake of his death. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus came in the flesh, suffered in the flesh, died in the flesh, shed his blood and rose again. If you... Participate in his life, in his suffering. If you participate in his death, you will also participate in his resurrection. So Jesus invites you to participate. That doesn't answer the question as to how do I eat of Jesus? How do I drink of Jesus? Well, Jesus was giving you a symbolic parallel. He was giving you the picture. He was giving you the opportunity to do that through communion. Communion. The most important thing, I repeat, the most important thing in the Christian's life is communion. Communion at the table of Christ. This is one of the commands that Jesus gave. Jesus didn't say go to church. Jesus said, meet me at the table. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread, whenever you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember me. He said that as a command. How do we do that? We come to the table of God. And when we break the bread and eat, all of us eat together. And when we drink the cup, we are participating by faith in his life. No, it's not a cannibalistic, barbaric idea of eating the flesh and blood of Christ. But it is the spiritual idea of partaking in the life, death and resurrection of Christ it's as simple as that here's two things with his death came resurrection and we would share in that the second thing he says is the flesh is nothing the flesh comes to nothing it's the spirit that gives life read chapter 6 you'll find that the flesh is nothing the spirit gives life so the spirit gives me to you the spirit gives me to you I am the life I am the life that the spirit gives to you. The words that the spirit speaks, the word of God, I am that word. So now the flesh is equated to the word. The word that comes from the spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of life gives the words of life. And when you believe the words of life, you partake in the life of Christ. And when you partake in the life of Christ, you have everlasting life. You have life abundant. You have satisfaction. You have fullness. You you enter into the experience of the author of life. You are not just sustained by life. You, have, you are given life. Now life is residing in you. Oh man, if people could understand this, what a transformational moment it will be. But the thing is, this is not understood cognitively, intellectually. This is revealed to the heart. So open your heart and say, Lord, let the light shine in my heart. I want to get this. So Jesus invites us to commune in life, to commune with his life so that we can live extraordinarily satisfied lives. Not extraordinary lives, extraordinarily satisfied lives, fulfilled lives. Those who know God, those who know Christ are deeply satisfied, not necessarily superbly successful, not spectacularly popular but deeply satisfied that is what Jesus gives every hunger of the spirit is satisfied every loss of the soul is compensated every sickness of the soul is healed every thought of the mind is captivated so Jesus is the bread of life let me read this passage for you The bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Write down these three things if you've got notes, okay? And I also have downloadable notes that you could take now and then you could fill in greater uh, notes, greater thoughts that the Lord is speaking to you as you uh, listen to me. Three things I want you to remember. Number one, if Jesus is the bread of life, and I want us to take that attitude. If he says I am, then what should I be? If Jesus is the bread of life, then I need to take and eat regularly. Write that down. If Jesus says, I am the bread of life, if he says, I'm the bread of life, I need to take and eat regularly. So how do I ensure a regular intake of the life of Christ? Look at verse 55. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me, I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Let me do that again. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Now you're already alive, but he's saying you will live. So take that, understand what more God wants to give to you. The next level of life, the next level of satisfaction, depth, eternality that God wants to give to you. Verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate, those guys ate and died. They ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will do what? Will live forever. So how do I ensure a regular intake of this life? The, 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 the Participating in Christ, this being part of Jesus. How do I do that? Write these two things down. Number one, demonstrate faith. Demonstrating faith in the Holy Communion. A true believer will always find himself at the Lord's table. A true believer will never neglect the Lord's table. A true believer cannot live life the way Jesus wants it and avoid the Lord's table at the same time. The Spirit of God will first and foremost drag you to the Lord's table. Why? Because at the Lord's table, there will be confession there will be a soul searching, there will be renewal, and there will be a reinstatement every single time. As often as you do this, when you see the bread, you'll see, you'll remember the sinlessness of Christ. Not your own sin, but his sinlessness. When you see the wine, you'll remember the love with which Jesus poured his love out for us. And when you look at the cup, you'll remember the covenant that God has has made with you. And when you look at the cost of what it cost God, you'll remember the value that you are to God. And week after week, week after week, God wants us to remember him and remember how valuable we are to him. A true believer will never neglect the Lord's table. A fake believer will avoid the Lord's table at all costs. A fake believer will stay away. A fake believer will continue to entertain their sinful life and stay away from the Lord's table. They don't want to be anywhere near the Lord's table. A fake believer has been at the table of demons. That's why they will neglect the Lord's table because they can never attend the Lord's table and really enjoy it because they've been at the table of demons. The table of demons is idolatry. It's idolatry, it's the worship of idols in our lives because demons are behind idols. Look at verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So you demonstrate these are two ways you take in the word of God. You take in you participate and you partake of the uh, of, of the life of Christ. Number 1 is communion. Number one is communion. Number two is you digest the truth by meditating on God's word. You digest the truth by meditating on God's word. So number one, communion. And number two, God's word in your life. God's word in your life. God's word in your heart. God's word in your mind. You don't just read a passage. You digest it. You ingest it. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because the Father lived. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Let me take you a passage outside this passage of scripture, Psalm 119, verse 9, 10, and 11. How can a young man keep his ways pure? By guarding it according to your word. That's it. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart. Why? I have stored up your word in my heart. Why? I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Sin will keep you away from God's word and the Lord's table. The Lord's table and God's word will keep you away from sin. And you can't use both. You can't entertain both. The first thing I want you to remember is if Jesus is the bread, I must eat regularly. A second thing I want you to remember is if Jesus is, is the bread of life, then nothing else could possibly satisfy me or fill me up. Nothing else. I've learned a lot about dieting. I've learned a lot about food and nourishment and cooking. It's one of my passions. But I've also learned in all of that, that you can fill a need and fake it. This means that sometimes when the stomach is thirsty, Uh, It makes you think you're hungry, so you eat unnecessarily. Whereas you weren't hungry, you were just thirsty. Sometimes when you're hungry, you eat things just to fill up or you eat or you drink gassy drinks just to fill up, but you don't eat real food. So there is a chance that eating the wrong food will make you feel, feel full. I repeat, there is a chance that eating the wrong food will make you feel full so the hunger is real but the food is wrong the need is real the need is real but the filling is wrong so just like diet and health believers try to fill the void in their soul they try to fill a hunger that is a spirit hunger With the carnal food, the world, the pleasures, is the world enjoyable? Are relationships enjoyable? Are indulgences enjoyable? Yes, they are, but they do not fill the hunger that God only can fill. So you can fill it for a period of time, but it will always leave you more hungry, more addicted to the very foods that never filled in the first place. So you can never get enough of the wrong stuff. But the right stuff, you don't need that much. You can never get enough of the wrong stuff. And you sell your soul to feel full, where Christ is the one who can fill you. So if Jesus is the bread of life, nothing else can satisfy you. But if Jesus is the bread of life, and you have eaten of him, you will never need anything else. My brothers and sisters, my friends, Most of the regrets that you and I have are with our sins, our uh, obsession with trying to bring ourselves happiness, get over issues and hang-ups, break free of habits, all of it that comes from a world that tried to feed us and give us to fill a void that only Christ can fill. And we are basically living with the damage of seeking after a world that could never have filled us in the first place. If Jesus is the bread of life, then nothing else can satisfy us. And if we have eaten of this bread, then we will not need anything else. In fact, all carnal blessings will remain just blessings. Let me give you one more before I leave you. If Jesus is the bread of life, then there is hope for my deepest longings. I know you're hurting and I know you've been through a lot, I know there are dreams that are yet unfulfilled. I know there are dreams that are big regrets for some of you. And many of you look into the future and you wonder, what will it be like? Uh, What's going to happen? How are things going to unfold? And there are longings for the past with regrets. There's longings for the future and there are hopes and dreams. But Jesus is the bread of life. And if he is the bread of life, then there is hope for our deepest longings. Let me read you this passage of scripture. Psalm 107, verse 9. Some of you needed to hear this this morning. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Can I read that for you again? For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Isaiah 58, 11 also has something to say to this. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in a scorched place And make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water where waters do not fail. Does that sound like a God who wants to guide you and fill you and strengthen you and feed you? Sure does. Psalm 1 Delight in the law of the Lord and on his law meditate day and night. Remember the word I talked about? It's his word that feeds our spirit, food feeds our stomach. Uh, Books feed our mind, but his word feeds our spirit. Like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, its leaf does not wither. In all that it does, it prospers. It's evergreen. The life that feeds on the word of God is evergreen. What both the psalmist and Isaiah are saying is that God satisfies in a dry spiritual wasteland that this world is. And that this satisfaction is like waters that do not fail. Two big prophets, two mighty warriors of the truth. They have spoken. Jesus has spoken. I have shared with you this morning. The Spirit is talking to you. You're hearing from every angle that God loves you. And God has so much more to feed into your life and heart. He knows your deepest longings. He knows your heart cry. He knows what keeps you up at night and what uh, makes you run from life. He knows what you're feeling when you're all alone. And he knows exactly who and what you need. When you are full in Christ, you have everything you need. You were made like that. You were created like that. You don't need anybody else. And after that, when you're full, you're a blessing. How do you partake in the life of Christ? He says, I am the bread. Well, what do you do with bread? You eat it. How do you eat bread? How do you eat the bread of life? Number one, you demonstrate faith in communion. Your faith, you trust that what you're doing at communion is participating in the life of Christ. So don't avoid it. Run to it. Number two, You eat God's word because you know it has life for your spirit. God's word doesn't go to your mind first. It goes straight to your spirit. Then your spirit informs your mind of what you have understood in God's will. And That's why most people, even scholars, will not understand the word of God. Yet simple men like me will understand God's word. Why? Because I believe. I believe. I believe. Do you believe? Will you join me in being a people of faith? Will you join me in eating God's word so that we live satisfied lives? One more time, I tell you, my brother, my sister, my friend, God has not called us to a life of spectacular success or superb popularity. He's called us to a life of deep, full satisfaction. Deep, full satisfaction. In Him, you are complete. Praise Jesus Father in heaven look at my friend my brother, my sister look upon them as they listen to my my message this morning and bless them give them strength, give them wisdom most of all give them faith Lord enable them to plan their life around these two things the communion, the Lord's table and the word of God the Lord's food and to feed like there's no tomorrow to eat like there's no tomorrow so that they may be strengthened in the inner man prepared for every good work this is my prayer for those listening to me right now the Lord bless you have a great week see you next week remember what I said leave a comment ask a question please engage with me do this for me God bless you (laughs) Oh <laughs>